In a world where the Marks think they know better than the wrestlers and the bookers, the Fantasy Booking Institute exists to pretty much do exactly that. This is a visit from the FBI. Welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Booking Institute, your weekly dose of pro wrestling fantasy booking. I am your host, Detective Mark and I am joined, as always, by my partners in crime fighting. Starting off, District Attorney Vincent K. Fabe. What's going on, man? How are you? I'm distressed. You're distressed? There wasn't any music. There was music on our side. Oh, must have been a me side thing. Yeah, must have been a you side thing. There was music. Yeah, we I heard we music. Stream will begin and blah, 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 blah. No, it, it, it was playing. We'll we'll find out. You're a little glitchy there, bud. Yeah, JLB joining us up north. Did you hear the music? I heard the music. I heard That's the music. Two of us heard did. music. Yep. It's a you thing, bud. <laughs> it's me thing. That's all right. It is a you thing. Mario's it's not fault. it's not me, it's you. All right. We're 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 switching it up from the relationship. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, here's the hint to anyone who's never been through that. If they say it's not you, it's me, it's 100% you. It's you. It's, 100%. it's, it's you. It's oh, you, 100% yeah, it's you. you. No no question, you. Um, <laughs> so we're just deciphering that. That's a little bit of relationship help from the Fantasy Booking Institute. So, we got um, This help is from one guy who's single, one guy who's... <laughs> <laughs> and one guy who's married. So you're getting all sides here, ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Single, divorced, and married. Got them all. Yep. yep. <laughs> that being said, I, I can attest <laughs> that I indeed got the it's not you, it's me uh, conversation at one point. And so I know that from experience. I gave the it's not you, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've all given it. Yeah. Nope, nope. Always been on the receiving end, unfortunately. Uh... Which says a lot ab- about me. Maybe. Don't you know it's better to give than to receive one job, though? But, <laughs> but however, defense, I am the only one that's he's married. He's also the only one who's married. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so. Valid, valid point, yeah. But if you are new to the uh, Fantasy Booking Institute, the rules are really pretty simple. The premise is we're going to challenge each other to take turns uh, booking some unknown and often unlikely scenario in the world of professional wrestling. We do not discuss these in advance, so the answers are made up on the spot and, uh, you know, entirely, hopefully funnier that way. Um, before we get into everything, though, I do like to point out at this point that uh, Raw and Order WBU is part of the Tatnus Co. Podcast Network. Uh, so if you um, are a fan of this show and would like some more entertainment, you can head over to tatnusco.com and you can uh, check out all the other shows on the network there and then come back to listen to us again. We um, will be doing another WBU this Sunday at 1030 Central, which you can make the adjustments, whatever your time zone is for it. Uh, we go live every Sunday night at 1030 and Tuesday night at 1030. We also record them, so they will be posted in audio format on our podcast page, so you can listen to them on the go that way, or you can watch the YouTube replay, or join us live. We, of course, would love to see you live, so, um, but um, 
we're going to go ahead and get in to the fantasy booking segment of this. And as always, I open it up to my cohorts uh, if they want to go first or if they want me to go first. I felt like you said cohorts, and I was like, aw. Oh, cohorts. No, horts. Uh, cohorts. <laughs> okay. Cohorts. Yes, I called you a hort. You're my cohort. Hort. <laughs> yes. All right, guys. Who wants to go first? I'll go first. Okay, I'll be stepping up to the plate. (sighs) You're not going to like it. Um, So, guys, just when I thought Shayna Baszler couldn't get worse, uh, they book her into this storyline. I think I kind of did something like that, though. But originally what I had thought of – so I'll give you two because I thought of one, another one just in case. So – First one is you're going to have to book Shayna Baszler out of this mess that they're putting her in with the doll and the mirror and basically book what happens to her uh, next week because this whole mirror thing, it was almost an ultimate warrior Hogan scenario. So I thought about what I saw it. So, and that was being posted on the Twitter sphere all over the place too. And so I'd just be kind of maybe curious on what you would do with that. It's a shit show. Um, But, you know, that's what we do. We book fantasies that sometimes we like and or don't like. If you don't like that one, I do have another one. So I'll leave it to you guys to decide if you want another one or not. Well, you know, I mean, in the end, the way you fix this is unfortunately for Alexa Bliss, uh, you have uh, you a you can't do it next week with Hell in a Cell coming up. You have to do it at Hell in a Cell, I feel. Um, but uh, you have a match at Hell in a Cell, and you have Shayna just fucking destroy her. Just absolutely destroy her. At that point, you have evil Alexa disappear and uh, go on hiatus, and we don't see her for a while, and... Shayna can just be a badass and, and start running rampant on things. Uh, you also need to have her just destroy Nia Jax at some point and just put an right. exclamation point on the end of that uh, <coughs> uh, relationship there. Uh, sad thing is, I don't think they're going to do it, although they really should. Um, and and It would even, save the storyline. Even more than the storyline reasons. Um, they're about ready to go back on tour, and the whole Alexa Bliss this storyline they're having right now doesn't work in front of live audiences. Right. Right. Uh, it, it only works with the magic of pre-taping and, and all of that stuff. So they're going to have to do something different once they're back to live audiences. Um, I know in many ways, this is just trying to fill in for the fact that Bray Wyatt's not there. Uh, Bray Wyatt's taking some time off for mental health, apparently. Mm. And, uh, you know, so they're having this fill-in to try to keep that gimmick going. But in reality, it's just dead. They need to to take it out on the the back quarter and and shoot it like a dead horse. So Mm. that's, I mean, what I would do is I would at at Hell in a Cell, have it in Hell in a Cell, and have Shayna just just absolutely fucking murderize. But what do you do in the meantime, though? Like, how does this happen? Because Hell in the Cell is only June twentieth, so you have one week, two weeks, uh, one week, two-ish I guess. weeks. 
But you have one raw, technically. No, you have uh, you have two raws, I think. Two so. raws. Okay. But but I mean, in the end, you just continue it on, kind of the same way. About the only thing you can do is, in the end, have it be that Shayna was just pretending to be scared because she knew that would lure Alexa into doing the match. So you let Shayna be terrorized for a few more weeks. Uh, mm-hmm. and then and then at Hell in a Cell in Hell in a Cell you just have fucking Baszler just like we're, we're talking not ending with a Kirifuda clutch but um, ending with Alexa Bliss can't stand and referee stoppage not even referee stoppage I'm saying and <laughs> Alexa Bliss just fucking dead in the middle of the ring and uh, Shayna Baszler is able to just just walk out of the ring. Or... It is very much of WWE, though, to do referee stoppage. It would pay they homage to the two-year anniversary you know? between Bray and Seth. So I think that and that's works fine. Might as, might as well kill Hell in a Cell with uh, with uh, killing the gimmick, too. So <laughs> Yeah, that's fair. Mr. Fabe, would you go a different route? How would, would. you... I would, um, I, not that I not. It, it'd be similar, but it'd be different. I I would, uh, in an effort to bring Bray back at Hell in a Cell, I would have that Hell in a Cell match, but I would have him come out from under the ring because we we. Here's the deal. WWE has already committed to this being a supernatural gimmick. A uh, gimmick of supernatural abilities and things like that so um i I think hands down you have to do that um bray is uh taking the power back so to speak Mm. um and and so in the hell in a cell match you have him come up from under the ring um and he he could pull alexa down in the ring i think that gives a little bit of a creeper uh abduction vibe you can have him come out, out from under the ring. Um, does a does a uh, sister Abigail to Alexa um, leaves? Lights go out. Um, Alexa quickly cleans her makeup with a makeup artist that's under the green under the ring, and is back to herself and cure for the clutch for the win. Um, meaning that that. Yeah, the supernatural is no longer in play there. Um, so Bray like denounces her supernatural abilities because they technically yeah, hate each other, he right? He still has the power over over those, and he's taking back that power from that. Um, yes, I agree, Mister Smarks. It shouldn't be a supernatural character. Unfortunately, it is a supernatural character. So you can be as upset with that as you want, but. Um, you have to deal with the cards you're given, and that's the cards we have right now. Um, you know, the writing, you can't go back and rewrite three years ago uh, if, we're, if we're booking the future. Mm. Um, and so at the end of the day, I have, yeah, I think it was, uh, I think, renouncing or, or, or stealing back um, Sister Abigail, Power, uh, Lily, Whatever the hell it is, 
<laughs> so, so is Lily not a human person then? Is this what we're doing? Lily's just the doll and that's it? Again, I don't think they ever said anything that Lily was a person. They said yeah. Lily saved her and she got her power from Lily. Okay. But I, I never got the the concept that Lily was ever actually a living person. Yeah. And Lily's just okay. a supernatural doll, um, which is fine because that works better than, you know, here's the deal. If Lily ever becomes a real person, it's the same problem they had with the idea of bringing Sister Abigail to life. Thank God they didn't actually do that match. They just promoted. Yeah. So, um, but I I think the piece to it that that right now they're on either either demonic possession um, or something, something, some consuming supernatural power or um, an ever-expanding supernatural power. The problem with that is if it's a consuming supernatural power, then it has to consume something different or something has to eventually exert control over it. And unfortunately, using Alexa to do that is going to bury a woman's division. Um, Using Bray to do that does not uh, bury a women's division or a men's division for that matter. Um... Because they, they'd already established that it didn't bury that division. If it's a ever-expanding power, you have to get to the point where all of WWE is consumed by this power. Well, Which actually, makes it an NWO demonic. Yeah. I, uh, I had an idea while listening to you talk. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to revise my, my answer. I love how you're like, I want to be on the screen, so I'm going to switch yeah. to me. <laughs> I'm switching to me. It's about me. <clears throat> no. But I do think um, Hell in a Cell is the right place to do it. Really Hell in a Cell is still the right place. Um, Shayna Baszler demolishing Alexa still is, is going to happen. But at one point, Alexa tries to use her, her supernatural demonic fire powers and starts to bring the fire up. But then... You have Kane come out oh, Jesus. and quench the fires. <laughs> I actually kind of like that because it really is Kane's power. Mm-hmm. He just says, oh, that's mine. That's Don't mine. steal my shit. And Alexa's like, what? And Kane's like, nope, no fire. And then he just leaves. And then Shayna <laughs> continues to murderize <laughs> Alexa. Um, so, Some, so Something to... Again, the story's been written wrong to, from the start. For sure. The, the transition, truth be told, the transition to The Fiend probably shouldn't have happened. Um, we like The Fiend, um, but because you can't write a supernatural power that loses legitimately, um, and, and this was true with The Undertaker, the problem was that was a kayfabe era. This is less of a kayfabe era. So it's a little harder to do, yeah. right? I mean, so. the simple fact is they they messed up the fiend really early on. Da Fame mentioned it. Match. Well, with with making it supernatural instead of psychological, Psych- right? Yeah, psychological. The 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 simple fact is it should have been. These are two sides, two crazy sides. Both sides are two crazy sides of Bray Wyatt. 
You've got the crazy, I think I'm in a children's TV show side of Bray Wyatt. And then you've got the crazy, I destroy everything and try to kill people side of Bray Wyatt. But they're both just sides in his mind of the Bray thing, Wyatt. You mentioned that. And the funny thing about that is the, the Firefly Flenhouse Bray hasn't appeared since he beat The Miz. Mm-hmm. So we've we've had to create... We've had to create feuds or focus on prior feuds of Husky Harris, um, Bray Wyatt, um, other people who've who've had matches with him. I, I I like the idea of two sides. I really think this character builds better. Let I think it builds better as mankind than it does as Undertaker, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. makes it a psychological character, not a yes. not a. Not a supernatural character. Yeah, because the there's end. something wrong with having a supernatural character. This character mm-hmm. isn't a supernatural character unless you have him be consumed by the fiend, in which case you have to sell, sell not tell, but sell a year long storyline for that. Um, and they didn't do it. They just that was the that was their first progression of Bray Wyatt, um, and that should have been the case. So. I, I, I really long for the Wyatt family. Like that's where I'm at with Bray Wyatt, um, and, and I long for that to have been done correctly. Um, I loved Firefly Funhouse Bray, and it did create a, a, just unrelentingly wonderful. Um, is it, is it on my mic? Yep. Uh, just, well, uh, just double check. When, when you right get now. a chance. I'll check it right now. It's fine. I just wasn't uh, wanting yes, to interrupt is. the thing here. Okay. I just was, I, Echo cancellation help? Oh, yeah. That brings up my volume a lot. Yeah. It wasn't so much that it was quiet. There was just a weird echo. Not echo, but like roominess. So I was making sure it wasn't your cam mic. I didn't oh, want to interrupt no. the thing. That's why I sent it as a as a message instead of no. Saying it's it out okay. Loud. It's Jeez, just you're breaking kayfabe here. <laughs> it's just better to do it because I can't. I I'm a guy and I can't multitask. So, um. <laughs> and 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 I'm a guy and I was just saying, hey, do it when you get a chance when you're not talking anymore. Yeah, well, I'm going to keep talking because there's a right way to do this storyline, and then you have Shayna Baszler <laughs> go on. A- <laughs> Sorry, I just had to do it. I just... <laughs> well played. Well played. Uh, you just gonna um, keep talking? No, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, and, and then you have you, you legitimately have her go on a run. Shayna Baszler goes yeah. on a mad run. Um, Alexa Bliss can get take a little bit of time off and come back as Alexa Bliss and go. I got robbed. I'm, she can even have a depression storyline where she's sad that she's lost those abilities. Um, mm, that'd be and, cool. and maybe a reunification with Nikki when she gave Nikki some oomph. Now Nikki can give her some oomph back. Whatever. That, that, that works. But at the end of the day, Shannon Baszler has been incorrectly done for since her call-up. Um, yeah. I mean, the moment they turned her into a biter, I'm sure Vince went, go out and bite her. And then he saw it and went, I can't believe she bit her. That's such a terrible decision. Here's the deal. If they <laughs> continued on with the biting, it would yeah, have been she a different story altogether. She did you know, go to an elimination and, chamber. She, she, yeah, she, she devastated. Yeah, that's yeah, it. She, I, that was and, after the bite. 
and that's it. If if they just continued on with that, that she's the mm. person who just comes out and doesn't care. It's not about winning or losing. It's about destroying people, right? And so if I have to go in there and I have to bite someone, I'll bite. So if if she became fucking Mike Tyson of WWE, <laughs> I'd be fine with it. But they did it once, and then they were like, nope, never gonna do it again. And yeah. she, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. She is the only, only women's wrestler on the WWE roster that legitimately scares me. Like, and again, I'm telling you, I understand every single one of them could kick my ass, right? But she's the only one that I'm like, oh my goodness, she's going to kill me. Now, I shouldn't be talking about this because I'm a guy and whatever, but what is with her crazy bronzer usage? I found it like really top notch on Monday. I was like, whoa, what is this? You're a badass. Like, why do you need all this like bronzer? And I don't know if it was bronzer or makeup, but what do I know? But I was like, like you looked kind of happy with all that bronzer and makeup. It was weird. It didn't suit her. Maybe, maybe this spirit thing is going, is trying to take a stronger host. Um... That's a boss. That's not a bad move. That's a whole nother version of this storyline. Perhaps this, if, if it is demonic controlling item needs a host, a symbiote, so to say. Mm-hmm. I mean, do, is, is there is there another person? You said yourself, uh, Smarks, that, that that's the one that scares you. Is there another person that is more terrifying? To have those powers on, you know. Well, because, because she'd destroy careers at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> I'll show you botches. <laughs> I'll throw you into the fire. <laughs> you will never forget the name of. Oh wait, that's that's cold dust. Sorry, but <sighs> Naya Jax. <laughs> Naya. Reginald just got all sorts of turned on thinking about Naya doing that. We don't say the R <laughs> name. <laughs> was he even on Raw this week? No. They said no. he was at home recuperating from the damage that she did to him. She did like one move. He flipped he dude throughout the entire match. I was like, what damage? No, because she came into the, the Alexa's playground. And hit him or something. Oh, uh, okay. Anyway, sure. It's still stupid. Yep. It's dumb. But yeah, maybe that host thing is a thing because the lights went out. She screamed. Maybe the host Lily went deep inside her in a non-pornographic way, and she's so she, took, she, you know, and she's gonna be like some kind of creepy thing. I don't know. We'll see. Side note: Just because you said the non-pornographic thing. I heard one of the funniest things I've ever heard today. This has nothing to do with professional wrestling. Last night I went over to a friend's house um, and helped them fix their dryer. And uh, is that a metaphor? Well, hold on, I legitimately helped them fix their dryer. Um, but uh, one of my coworkers saw me in a town that I don't live in and said, "Oh my gosh, I." What do you? What were you doing in town? I said I went to help a friend fix the dryer, and another coworker heard it and said, "Was she stuck in it?" <laughs> <laughs> Which I found terrible. 
<laughs> and laughed at the same time. <laughs> and if you don't All get right. that joke, good for you. You're a good person inside. I'm proud of you. I really am. As long as she didn't say stepbrother, I think I'm okay. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> later on, they called me step manager. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's a good and, one and if my wife's watching this down the road i only know about this because they make fun of it on tiktok <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, sorry it's just too funny but i i don't there so very frequently wwe comes up with storylines that just don't have a logical conclusion um if, if, if you ever talk to writers who write fantastic novels or long stories or movies, they usually know where the movie is heading before they write the, the, the meat of the story. Mm -hmm. In fact, um, that's standard writing for, for any novel uh, or movie, whatever, is actually right. End, end, beginning, meet. Yes. Mm -hmm. right the, in fact, write an outline of, of where it's supposed to go. J.K. Rawlings very famously had like an entire binder that would cover her wall with the the outline of where the story, not just for each book, but for the overall flow of the whole the whole overarching story. Yeah, um, went, so. and and then it's more malleable, and especially if you know where the destination is. Oh, Jesus, apparently pissed, we pissed off. off JLB. Wow, he's just he's like, like I gotta out. pee. You mentioned you mentioned J.K. Rawlings. I'm fucking out. <laughs> J.K. J.K. <laughs> so no, and, and and so this he's not even going to hear the booking. I think Alexa Bliss should win. <laughs> this is perfect. What what's your take? I mean, you agree with that? <laughs> Stop it. You know I wasn't here. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, <laughs> I said one of my foolish things. I said I think Alexa Bliss should win. Okay, oh. here's the. Hold on, since we're going with foolish craziness, mm. here's the here's the thing. The host needs a perfect, or the symbiote needs a perfect host, and that perfect host has red hair instead of blonde hair. No, You're it's not, not Becky. Okay, I was thinking. Don't you ever marie this situation? <laughs> don't you dare. First of all, her hair is like blue or purple. Last time I saw. Oh, no, she changed it. It's red again. No. She's she's gone through all sorts. It might be back to red, but she's she, if you, like you watch her her promos and or her vignettes. Mm -hmm. You JLB. Uh, I know. I know. She, uh, shows you never forget it. Say it of... one time. Oh, way, way more than one time, but <laughs> <laughs> but so um, here, here's here's the twist on it. I am also going to do the uh, 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 Russo challenge answer for this one. Uh, we end up with a Lily on the pole match for control of the psychic <laughs> nasty powers. So it's not in Hell in a Cell. It's Lily on a pole. And whoever gets to Lily first gets to use the supernatural powers flames to win the match. Don't say um, that. I could see that right up Vince's alley. And I mean McMahon, not necessarily Russo. Yes. Uh, Special Agent Russo would totally book it this way, too. Though. Wasn't that a Jarrett thing, though? Wasn't Jarrett really involved with doing, like, 
especially in the like late WCW days. Jarrett had done some, but uh, Russo was the one who came along and was like, "Let's put Judy Bagwell on a pole." <laughs> Let's put. It was a crazy. But he's in no way, shape, or form related to. to yeah, but that's a different Russo. Special Agent Russo. This is Special Agent Russo. Because Special um, Agent Russo's name is Vance. Yeah, Vance Russo, uh, legally distinct from uh, former WCW and WWF writer Vince Russo. Yes. So Vance Russo also booked a Bagwell match. No, no. Vince <laughs> Russo booked Judy Bagwell on a pole. Vance Russo would have done it if he'd have been in charge, but he's a special agent mm. of the FBI. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Legally distinct. <laughs> Separate entity entirely. Entirely. We're not at all in any way, shape, or form associating the two. Yeah. Totally different people. So we will go ahead and move on to the next fantasy booking challenge. Who wants to go next? DA Fave, or you want me to go next? You go next. I will go next. Okay. Mine is really kind of simple. Right? That's a first. uh, There have been rumors uh, recently of, of a wrestler returning. Um, and I think that it would be, um, the DA Fabe and I have conversations about this wrestler and how we do not dislike this wrestler, even though it might sound like we dislike him. Uh, I want you guys to book this wrestler's run in AEW. This wrestler's run. Oh, Jesus. That's not happening. Brock Lesnar. But it's rumored he's supposed to come to SummerSlam, no? Uh, You're just going to AEW in this situation? Yeah, I'm I'm saying this is putting him in AEW instead. Oh. Because, Because in the end, I would prefer to see him um in something new for lack of a better term That's have fair. him have him uh be able to to throw some new people around people that he hasn't thrown around before okay so i'm going to make him be a symbiote empowered brock lesnar <laughs> <laughs> well how, how are you going to do that in AEW they don't have symbiotes they do now Duh. <laughs> Duh. Yeah. He's gonna, brought Brock Lesnar on. He's gonna be with Abaddon. Yeah. Abaddon, yeah. Abaddon. Abaddon will be Illy, not li- we'll have a doll named Illy, not Lily, because we're not doing that. Abaddon and don't need no doll. Illy yeah, will give will, be, will give Rock Blesner. What's Rock <laughs> Blesner doing in the impact zone? <laughs> Uh, the the sad part is I can't even say that because you know Brock Lesnar's real name is Brock Lesnar. Uh-huh. Um, th- is this? Can I do a Vance Russo challenge? Special Agent Vance Russo. I mean, se- since I did one, you can do it, but I would also like to know a legitimate answer. Okay, I'll give you a legit first, and then I'll give you my Vance Russo. Um, my legitimate answer is. Destroy everyone and leave. I mean, he comes on. Um, 
he makes very quick work of you know Jericho, um, Moxley. The the difference being once he gets to Kenny Omega, he's he's obviously never faced that level of a- athleticism and showmanship and endurance and things like that. Um, so he goes for the title um, and actually wins. Like like because um, also Kenny Omega has never dealt with that level of power. Um, that's fair. And Kenny Omega comes back and says, "But I want you in a death match." Oh no! <laughs> and Brock do this is not. <laughs> Brock is not prepared for a death match. I, he's been um, to birthday parties. I'm pretty sure he's prepared for the sparklers. No, I'm not talking my <laughs> like. I'm talking barbed wire death match. I like, know. Making a joke, La. Calm down. <laughs> Exploding it wasn't a funny death joke, match. La. All right, nah. fine. It was funny. You guys just didn't get it. Blah. Blah. Anyway. Um, and, again, I one of my biggest frustrations with professional wrestling right now is that we see one or two title changes a year, and I don't like it. Again, I lived in an era. I grew up loving I, – I will. Um <laughs> I grew up in an era where I absolutely loved seeing the title go on Monday night to, you know, I might have even tuned off of WCW to watch WWE and see Mrs. Foley's baby boy become the champion and then lose it three Mm -hmm. weeks later. And so I think whoever introduces that first with, people we can actually believe are champions instead of just throwaway garbage matches, but people we can actually believe could win it. couple clean wins, dirty wins that still come across as clean, like a chair shot behind the rest back or something like that, you know, a little Eddie Guerrero type stuff or, or things of that sort. I think once whoever, whoever, and to me it seems so simple because the heyday of wrestling had titles move more than twice a year. Right, um, and and maybe it's because they have so damn many titles now that they don't move them that fast. But AEW doesn't do it; they don't have that damn many titles. So, well, I, I mean, AEW doesn't really. Yeah, but you're referring to AEW not changing their titles, no? I'm ta- I'm talking about professional wrestling as a whole yeah, does but- not move their titles nearly often enough. Um, it's a fake sport. Mm. Have me believe that there are six people who are quality competitors. You know what I think of the NFL playoffs when it starts? I think there's four or five teams in those NFL playoffs that have no chance in hell of winning the Super Bowl, including the Giants the year they won the Super Bowl over the Patriots. So have me believe that there's genuine contenders all over the place. Uh, We shouldn't have different people win the Super Bowl because it uh, lowers the prestige of the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's so stupid. It's the big title. You can have you can have Jungle Boy pull off a dirty victory because then he's not just pure babyface. He's pure babyface who would do whatever it took to beat the heel, to beat the evil heel. I really hope Jungle Boy wins it. He won't, but I really hope he does. I, and, and I don't disagree. But at the end of the day, those are the types of things that you can do. So when I'm talking about Brock Lesnar... Yes, we all, there's not a person on this planet who doesn't re- re- truly, truthfully think that out of 
out of six billion, almost seven billion people on this planet, Brock Lesnar is in the top hundred, not hundred thousand, hundred mm. most terrifying people on the planet to get in a, to to get in a one on one fight with. For sure. I mean, I would venture to guess Conor McGregor says that Brock Lesnar makes him nervous. He'd fight him. He'd be done. He he he'd do more than I would because I'd look at him and be like, "You're Brock Lesnar, and I don't want to <laughs> die," you know. And and I'm six foot four, three hundred plus pounds, former athlete, not current athlete, as referenced by my breasticles. <laughs> um, but I, I um, prefer moves. Moves. We can go with moves. Whatever you want to choose to call them. Um, (laughs) You know, at the end of the day, Brock Lesnar is that intimidating, that powerful. So it does lend credence to other people. It also lends credence to he can't handle a barbed wire death match because his tolerance for pain isn't as strong. And I think he would be okay with saying... You know what? I'll only do one of those. But if you told him beforehand, I don't know that he'd sign it. Right. So but he might maybe do it just because. Hey, I've never been in one. Yeah, might be something and, and to check off his bucket list. It's it's very possible. And Kenny Omega is the perfect guy to beat him in one. For sure. But he could take it off of Kenny Omega. That still lends credence to how dominant Brock is. And then immediately you can roll back to him losing in somebody else's style of match. Or you can have him lose to 17 million V-triggers. Like, it, it, I think that there's there's a credibility he can give to other wrestlers. We know it's fake. Not fake. We know it's scripted. Maybe that's a better terminology. We know it's scripted. We know that the winner and loser is predetermined. We know that fireworks go off incorrectly. Um, but they're scripted as well. We know all that stuff, but we'll suspend our disbelief for an for a pure athlete as powerful and impressive as Brock Lesnar, and we'll suspend that disbelief for a guy like Kenny Omega, who has this endurance level that can lead to some of the best Ironman matches I've ever seen, mm-hmm. um, or, or long term matches, long matches. Um, you know, those are the types of moments. Part of what made Brock so incredible is, is this feud with, with Kurt and that having so much endurance, so much credibility of a of a former uh, in, NCAA champion, not yet having been a UFC champion, but eventually having been one. Um, still real to you? Yes, it's real. Look at you putting up notes for people. You're just having fun with your little <laughs> controls and shit. Anyway, um, we also know that Kurt Angle won the Olympic gold medal and was invited to to compete for a spot on the Olympic team every Olympiad for four Olympiads, 96, 2000, 2004, 2008. Like, oh, I didn't even know that. Wow. Okay. He was invited to compete to, to Colorado to compete for his position on those. Wow. So that dude's a legitimate badass. And Brock's a legitimate badass. So we be- believed it back then. And then Big Show beats Brock, and you're like, 
Dude's a legitimate badass. Even though it's scripted, it was fine. So I, I think you just have Brock smoke through a couple people. But I think that a coffin drop takes him out. Um, in the middle of maybe a, maybe a, a triple threat. So somebody else got him laying down. Brian Cage put him down enough to be laying down to take the coffin drop. But <clears throat> he can put over dozens of people in that ability to look like a great performer and put over other great performers because he is one of the best athletes on the planet. Okay. And yes, I do give him a title run and yes, I make it short and yes, I take it off by somebody else. I could legitimately believe beats him, not Darby Allen, but I think Darby Allen could pick up, a pinfall over him with a coffin drop if somebody else would rock down. Okay, I also think so Darby that's the Allen... Russo challenge. What's the real? I'm kidding. I know. Just... Oh, now the Russo <laughs> challenge is a Scipio Brock Lesnar. <laughs> okay. So, nice. JLB, your turn. Yeah. So I was thinking maybe him doing something with Jericho and kind of fending off that fact that they hate each other. Right, because they had that whole fight way back when in the WWE heydays, and I don't know how good they really still are. I feel like I've heard a recent podcast of Jericho mentioning, you know, that he still thinks Brock Lesnar is an ass, and that he's only going to work with the people he wants to work with, sort of ordeal. Um, so I think they're both still peeved and bitter about what happened there. So I think maybe you do something with um, Jericho and Brock Lesnar at first kind of to bring him in and um yeah it's hard for brock i guess to lose and i don't think you make him lose against jericho but you make it a hard fought battle at the same time i do i do think someone like maybe him even going against cody rose Rhodes would be uh he can do both would be a good time that's Mm -hmm. that's it uh, would be a good time. I, I think Cody Rhodes would, um, I don't know, would make Brock look even better. Because <clears throat> Cody Rhodes reminds me of like when Brock would face Seth Rollins and how good Brock looked with facing Seth Rollins uh, with a few matches they did. I think it was at like Hell in the Cell or uh, maybe even Mania or something like that. Um, and I guess you have to maybe do something with him with Brian Cage as well. I just, I don't like Brian Cage on Taz's team. And I think they're slowly splitting that up. But uh, I feel like right now, Brian Cage isn't the powerhouse that he can be. Um, Maybe even going after Hobbs, since we're talking about powerhouses. Um, There's just no one quite like Brock, though, which is the issue. But I, I definitely would love to see him do uh, something with Jericho at first to bring it in, kind of build on the real storyline of them not liking each other. That, unfortunately, might go a different route. Um, then, you know, after a while, him laying down to, you know, maybe even Cody Rhodes beating him, uh, Darby Allen beating him, Brian Cage, he, he would have to fall and take the pin for these newer wrestlers. 
Um, you can't have like Jungle Boy beating him though. You know that's too much. You just you take can't... Darby Allen beat him. Yeah, but Darby Allen's more kind of hardcore, takes more risks, so you can kind of fend he'll he'll do anything uh, to get the win, sort of deal. You know what I mean? Maybe, maybe like a nut shot. Yeah, like a, just a nut job. He'll do whatever it takes. Whereas Jungle Boy is kind of like. I'll play by the rules. I'll do a little flippy doodles, but I'm going to play by the rules. And I feel like Jungle Boy would just be intimidated. Darby Allen is just go 100. Jungle Boy's not going to be intimidated. He was raised by monkeys. (laughs) Yeah, but Brock's a big ass ape, man. He's one of those mean King Kong looking, I'm going to destroy type motherfuckers. And And when those monkeys see that kind of big ape, you go the other way. You don't try to calm him down. So, yeah, I don't know. I uh, I just really would love to see him do something with Jericho, though. I think that would be fun. Um, problem is Brock can't talk, so that's why you have someone like Jericho. Maybe MJF brings Brock in kind of thing to continue the feud between those two. And now that's kind of – or even Wardlow. Brock and Wardlow might be a fun time as a big hoss match. Wardlow can do Wardlow's pretty good in the ring when he, I guess, wants to be or when he wrestles. He doesn't wrestle all that much, but he's pretty impressive in the ring. So maybe him and Brock can be a, a fun little matchup. So there's stuff to happen, but I don't think you make him a monstrous thing for like a year. I think. Maybe you make him powerful for two, three months. He beats Jericho, and then he just goes on a losing spree. You don't make him your champion, because then you'll also just get the, you know, the the Twitter trolls, the Twitter sphere saying, "Oh well, you got the WWE rejects." Yeah, I'm sorry. The the Twitter sphere can shut its mouth on certain things. For sure, we. It's, if yeah, you it's listen like Sunday, spent like two hours on this just a few days ago. You That's why for... I mentioned. I know, but I remember hearing that part uh, when I was listening to it at work, and I was like, "Oh, okay, yeah, understandable." I knew you guys were going to go that route. By the way, apologies for that. I crashed out. It was also hot that day, and uh, I said, "You know what? If I'm going to make it to this podcast, I'm going to have to bring the I'm going to have to bring the camera to the living room." And get this done. So, yeah, but you don't make Brock your top guy. You don't do it. You definitely make him lose against Kenny. You don't make him win the TNT. You just make him have decent matches and build up your Darby's and Hobbs and Cages. He's not your. He's not your go-to guy. He's not going to be the face of your company at all. So I don't know why Brock would do it, but maybe Brock has a faint of heart and, you know, Tony Khan does throw a lot of money his way to say, hey, shut up and take my money and do what I say. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. It's probably very unlikely to ever happen, especially with the news this week uh, that came out that uh, there's a hard line in the sand for AEW that they do not give creative control to, to wrestlers. Like Tony Khan says, I'll let you have input. But if I decide it's the best thing for you to lose, then you're going to lose. Uh, that was apparently one of the sticking points with El Idolo coming in, Andrade. He wanted full oh. creative control. That's why he didn't come in a month ago. 
and uh, it took a while for Tony Khan to, to uh, reach an agreement with him where he's like, listen, I, I'm not going to give you 100% creative control over wins mm-hmm. and losses. That's not going to happen, right? But here's right. the deal. I'll make, I'll let you be the star that you are. I will give you input on the matches, and if you can convince me that it's in the best interest of the storyline for you to not lose, yeah. then, then that's one thing. And that's why Brock Lesnar probably will never come to AEW because Brock Lesnar loves the idea of saying, nope, not going to lose that match. Right. To to quote another person who reportedly had that same creative control, yeah, that doesn't work for me, brother. (laughs) Yeah, it, uh, but, yeah, but I mean, no, I I don't see Khan even picking him up anyways. Even if he was a free agent and Brock was willing, I don't see Khan wanting to go that route at all. To, to my point from WBU this week, if Brock Lesnar was available and and you could get him even just for a short run in AEW, you would fucking do it uh, if you thought it was best for business, right? Because yeah. when, I, when I mention, you know, I use the phrase Tom Brady. I say, if, you know, if you have a chance to get Tom Brady on your football team. In many ways, Brock Lesnar is very appropriate close to the tom brady analogy right um Mm. i mean if you talk about who moves the needles in viewership brock lesnar is one of those people and if you're tony Khan, you get a chance to bring him in even for just a a one-off appearance to come in uh show up get a big pop and lose to your top star you do it uh but you better believe brock lesnar shows up on AEW the Fucking marks will be all over Twitter going, there they do with friggin' WWE guy. No. I'm <laughs> stupid and I have bad wrestling takes. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, Jesus. Uh, wow. No. Um, I, I, I missed this part. What did you guys think of uh, Eldrade, uh, Andrade coming in? But interrupting Mark Henry's speech. So we did talk about it. Um, we we both disliked it from a couple reasons. The biggest reason is we both disliked Vicky, Vicky Guerrero. Right. Andrade doesn't need Vicky. I we both actually kind of agreed that we don't think Vicky needs to be in AEW. Like she can be backstage helping out or anything if they want to, but her whole gimmick. And everything just doesn't help anyone in AEW. If, if she doesn't change her gimmick, she definitely doesn't belong in AEW. Yeah, if I don't know If she discovers why. something else to say other than excuse me, especially when she says it when nobody's interrupting her. <laughs> if you watch Being the Elite, they've got her and Nyla Rose doing something else on that, um, which I don't think... I I don't think they're ever going to bring onto TV, which makes me wonder why they let her get away with it on on being the elite. But that's beside the point. Being the elite's non-canon. What do they got her doing? Uh, her, Vicky Guerrero, um, Nyla Rose, and uh, Ryzen, who's a indie worker that they have on AEW Dark. I don't think he's appeared on Dynamite at all yet. Okay. Uh, but he's got kind of a satanic minister gimmick. And uh, it's probably because he grew up with the name Tara as a first name. Yep. Nope. He's just rising. Tara Ryzen's a different person altogether. <laughs> uh, Ryzen, uh, and then 
They have teamed up. Uh, Vicky Guerrero and Nyla Rose have found um, nun outfits. Um, oh, although, like for Nyla Rose, it's it's basically like a spirit <laughs> of Halloween sexy nun outfit, effectively. Um, and so they've started a religion, and they're beating up people backstage to get donations to their religion, um, and taking their stuff. <laughs> and um, here's the deal: is uh, I don't think that's ever going to make it to air, but that would be a, a, a change, at least a change of gimmick for Vicky Guerrero, which could at least make it. And Nyla, really, because Nyla's yeah. not really doing much. I mean, now she's going to face, I mean, I guess whatever, cool. She's going to face um, uh, Britt Baker, cool. But, I mean, it's haven't we seen this already? Well, yeah, we've seen Nyla face off with Britt Baker before, I think. But, um, but that was pre-champion Britt Baker and pre- For sure. Uh, you know, all that stuff. Um, I, again, we talked about that on the show that, uh, that that's Uh the wrong way to do it. They should have had Hikaru Rashida come out and, you you know, want a rematch and Nyla be like, nope, back of the line. You lost. Now it's our turn. Um, and then, but there was a whole lot of things we didn't like about that particular segment, but the, the, uh, the Vicky Guerrero introducing in Andrade, like, I get it. Andrade doesn't have the best English, best mic skills. And so they have this idea of... He didn't do that bad, though. He didn't he do, didn't that, do bad. that bad. But they have this idea of giving him a spokesperson. But here's the deal. They have been doing this for weeks on AEW with Penta having Alex Abrahantes as his spokesperson, as his translator. Just do that. Yeah. <clears throat> In fact, quite frankly, El Idolo running the group with with Penta and Phoenix instead of uh, Pac makes way more sense, right? Yeah. Death Triangle, it's, well, it's a silly name, number one. Uh, but it doesn't work as well with Pac and those two. With El Idolo and those two, it would make a lot of sense. Um, and then you could have Alex Abrahantes as their, their spokesperson, so their mouthpiece. Uh, their... Uh, their mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart, for lack of a better term. The mouth of the way South, uh, Yimmy uh, Hart. Yimmy, uh, 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 the, the deep South. <laughs> Little Nicky reference there for those who don't know. The problem, the the problem with them, him putting them putting Andrade with him and making him Andrade and uh, the Lucha brother as part of the same team. I want to see them face each other. You know I what I mean? S- that's I what I want to see I'm, them wanna... face off with Pac too. But that's true. That's valid. Triangle but... of Death. Yeah. Death. That, that's the deal. Here's the other thing: is they they also fix it if they take the one non-Hispanic guy out of the group, uh, and then they instead of calling it Death Triangle. They call it Death Triangle, but in Spanish. I don't know Spanish well enough to translate on the fly. Death um, Triangle in Spanish. That's uh, actually how you pronounce it. Death yeah. Triangle in Spanish. Um, yep, that's what they're naming it. Con's on it right now. Triangle de la Muerte. I don't know. I don't know what the word triangle is. Anyways, um, because it's it makes more Death sense. Death Triangle in Spanish. Five, that's what I'm doing. 
fr- frankly, Death Triangle Franca, sounds you're stupid. Right. In it. Oh, you did Google it, you son of a bitch. I did not. Was I uh, right? Yeah. <laughs> Triangle de la Muerte. I, yeah. I just know de la Muerte, and I was like, oh, let's uh, try to figure out what the word triangle is in Spanish. So, I mean, you're legit right, or, you know, Google is just wrong, too. No, that that's also an option. <laughs> Google yeah, has totally. been wrong before. But no, we just we don't like Vicky Guerrero being in that group, uh, being involved in any way, shape, or form. I it's not so much that it interrupted Mark Henry, although that did bug us. Um, it frankly would have bugged us less if it had just been Andrade coming out and and basically effectively doing a Kanye. Hey, hey, hey! I'm gonna let you finish, but yeah, El Idolo's here, and you've had your time, so now it's my turn. But I mean, then that makes it look like it's going to be a feud between those two, which obviously won't make sense. Or, I mean, if Mark Henry is cleared to wrestle, how he's that, got a lot more in the tank. Hall of Pain versus El Idolo. Yep. But I mean, that'd be weird. I don't know if I'd want to see that. I'd love to see the Hall of Pain again. It was great. I don't think they could use the Hall of Pain thing, though. Okay, right. House of Pain. Jump around. Hall, Hall jump around. of Discomfort. Jump up, jump up, and get down. Uh. I never eat a pig because a pig is a cup. I came to win. Battle me. That's a sin. I'm coming to get you. Okay, we're not rapping tonight. Let's just move forward. We, we already done. Tonight. You're not rapping. One job. Yeah. Get with the program, yo. Vance Russo challenge. I'm I'm assuming you're doing a Russo challenge. Yeah. Time machine. I'm actually going to ruin a good storyline from the past. Oh. Well, I'm not. You are. Oh, I like that too. That's like a cliffhanger end. Well done. Keep going. Ready for this? I think my my. So um, we're <laughs> yeah. He's frozen. The guy who's hosting <laughs> it is frozen. The rest of us are still in. <laughs> You're going to book. Time machine. You're going to book. Ready for this? It doesn't matter if I'm not. You're going to choose one <laughs> of these two. Each of you has to book one of them. You're going to book the Montreal Screwjob, done worse than it already has been. Or WrestleMania X7 storyline, where Stone Cold turns on the fans, joins Vince. Done poorly. Vance Russo style. FYI, that Bret Hart doc on A&E. Really good. Perfect. So I'll, go, I'll do the Bret Hart one just because, you know, Montreal, Montreal's good job. It works. Okay. Uh, I'll go first too, I guess, you unless you have that. it. Okay. So, <laughs> Smarks <all> got right. screwed. <laughs> <laughs> this is the FBI screw job. <laughs> yeah. Smart Smarks is now Googling 
uh, WrestleMania X7. <laughs> we reviewed it on our Patreon, which we probably should release on YouTube by now because, you know, Patreon already has had their uh, fingers into it. Okay. So that's exclusive content, bud. Forever. Forever is never forever until it's okay. I don't know. We but, will eventually put it up here on on free. The to tubes of Ubes. Show people. But. The tubes of Ubes. Um, book it more poorly than how it was already booked. Can you even do it more poorly? All right. I'll try it. I mean, you could have Brett come back and continue to be with WWE if you wanted. You could have... But yeah, but you can't because then that's technically. So I'm just completely ignoring the fact that he signed a contract with WCW. Uh, you get to book it however you want. You can go back as far as you want. You can go forward as far as you want. You have to change. You have to book the Montreal screw job, the story involved in it, in a manner that Vance Russo would book it. So it so, could be a ladder match with a tap out. If that's all you want to change, to, to, you can do that. And to be clear, some sort of screw job finish has to happen. Yes. Okay. It could be Brett <laughs> screwing Vince Vince McMahon out of his out of his ownership of the company. I don't care. It's because a Vance Russo challenge. It's that's it's fair. the it's it's really out there. Russo's challenge. You just make it as bad as you want, and people will probably want to watch that more than what the Montreal Screwjob was. The reason Smarks gets screwed is because that's one of the best storylines in all of professional wrestling, and he has to destroy it. <laughs> hey, uh, yeah, no, for sure. I mean, either one is bad for him, but I know he liked the WrestleMania X7 match really well, so that's going to be fun for him to destroy. Um Okay, so how I would do this, I still think you do make Brett heal with the whole thing. I hate you Americans and all that. That still certainly happens. Uh, you know, Shawn Michaels is still that degenerate. However, what I would probably switch from this is that um, they do do a match, but they literally are doing a flag U.S. Uh, and Canadian flag match. I don't know how... I, I guess you maybe do... Ladder's too lame. Maybe a steel cage match. So you have a steel cage match happening at uh, Survivor Series, and winner who climbs up and gets their flag wins. Now, this is happening, and Bret Hart still has creative control, okay? But Vance Russo was booking... So watch out. Now, <clears throat> so they're doing the match. They're doing the match. Bret Hart climbs up to the top of the... So whatever. Bret Hart locks Shawn Michaels in the sharpshooter. Oh, my God. Shawn Michaels taps out. He's out. Hebner's checking on him. He's not getting up. Bret Hart climbs up the cage. He's climbing. He's climbing. He's climbing. He's about to take the flag off of the cage, and then lights go black. Lights go black, okay? 
So we don't see technically Bret Hart taking it off. And you're like, what's going on? What's going on? And then the lights go back on. And all you see is you see Bret Hart in the middle of the ring, all bloodied up with the flag on the ground on, on his body and Shawn Michaels standing above him, raising the American flag and waving it around once the lights are back on. And how fucked up would that be in Canada, in Montreal, on his last matchup? Because he's still going. Uh, Vince Russo, Vance Russo, excuse me, then comes out, hands Shawn Michaels the championship and spits in the face of Bret Hart. And I think that is kind of an even worst, worst, worst screw job ever because Bret thought he was actually going to win. He was going to pick the flag and he was going to release. He was going to just give it up on Monday Night Raw sort of ordeal. But you literally make it, uh, it. There's no other Vance Russo way to do it, but make it a whole theatrical show. It's not just a Vince was soft the way that he did it technically by ringing the bell and that's it. No, 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 no. Vance Russo has to make it a spectacle. And what is Bret Hart? How come Bret Hart is on the ground bleeding? Because Shawn Michaels literally got him up. And, well, we don't know what happened, right? That's the whole thing. But in in the wrestling with shadows, in the in the new wrestling with shadows, when when Brett was being recorded, um, we find out that Shawn Michaels legitimately attacked him and power bombed him off the cage, and he was legit passed out. And uh, yeah, I think that's a very Vance Russo thing to do, and. Uh, I, I would I wouldn't probably be watching WWE right now if that type of screw job happened, but that does also kind of sound amazing um, at the same time because that would be an epic epic screw job. And uh, that's how I'm doing it. That's how I'm doing it. Okay, I I probably change that a little bit. I I in all likelihood I would probably have. Um, just Brett's flag not be removable. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say that's a little too nuanced for Vance Russo. He do, he doesn't do nuance very well. Well, and, I mean, you'd have to you'd have to like tase Brett at that juncture to get him. Not that that's past Vance Russo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, that's how Goldberg lost. I that's what the way I would do it. Instead of having the lights go out and you don't know what happens. I would have, he's climbing up, Triple H gets up and has a stun gun and just tases him. And the referee is just standing there like, I don't know. And he looks over it at Vance Russo and Vance Russo's like, you saw nothing. Wait, wait, let me see. (laughs) You saw nothing, bro. Uh, (laughs) And, uh, and then tases him again and then climbs, climbs up and, and, and gets the win that way. That, that might be the way I would. 
I've done it for that. But come um, on, the him on standing on top, uh, Shawn Michaels standing on top of Brett, waving the American flag, just adds more heel work. Oh, you, you can, can still, still do that. You can still do that just after yeah. the tasing. <laughs> like I say, it's it's the lights out, lights back on nuance that Vance Russo doesn't do very well, mm. and and so he'd do it all in front. So I'm sure he's done the lights out, lights on. The, the only thing you could do with that Shawn Michaels thing is have the original American flag still up there and Shawn's holding an American flag. <laughs> well, I mean, it would probably have been a country flag on a pole match anyways. So. Yeah, that's valid. So, but um, uh, I think I'm going to show you how it's done. Oh. This is going to be your master class in, in Russo challenges, right? <laughs> So, uh, the match is going to be set up basically exactly the same. Feud over the WWF Championship, The Rock versus Stone Cold. Right? Um, ooh, all the focus is on me now. Oh, yeah. It's all about me, 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 me. So, what's it going? Do, 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 do. I'm back. Uh, oh, darn it. Now it's not <laughs> all about me anymore. Now I'm sad, Panda. Um, anyways... So the the setup is going to be pretty much exactly the same. Rock versus Stone Cold. Uh, Stone Cold's kind of the anti-hero sort of guy. Rock's the um, same old cocky rock that he always is. Uh, the match is going to go effectively about the same through it, right? The change is going to come towards the end, where as it's setting up, uh, suddenly... Uh, uh, Vince McMahon and Vance Russo come down to ringside. Uh, and they say, um, this match has been changed to a triple threat match with a mystery uh, opponent. And uh, The Rock flips out, and you have uh, uh, Stone Cold flip out a bit. Ah! Uh, but they continue to fight, they continue to fight. Uh, but it gets to the finish. This is where Vance Russo comes in. The finish. Uh, the finish still features a turn by Stone Cold, right? Uh, you know, um, even even having the the steel chair handed in at this point, they don't have to make an excuse because now that it's a triple threat, there's no DQ. Um, Got you. I like it. Yep. Okay. So so. Uh, the steel chair, but you, you make this a little bit ambiguous this time. It's this uh, Vince McMahon has the steel chair and he puts it on the on the ring and slides it in. You don't know who he's sliding it to, right? And Stone Cold picks it up and clocks the rock with it, um, and then hits him a couple of more times. And then the mystery opponent shows up, and it's Hollywood superstar Nicholas Cage. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, it just got really bad. <laughs> and and uh, Stone Cold then points to a lifeless rock on the ground. And Nicolas Cage walks over and covers the rock for the one, two, three. Your new WWF champion, Hollywood superstar mm. Nicolas Cage. Uh, I feel like you did that because of you know my level of disdain for Nicolas Cage being called a 
A-lister when he's in fact a C-lister. Um, see, you say that. I didn't do that because of that. I did that because I pulled up the list of the top 100 grossing actors from 2001. And I went <laughs> down it until I saw someone that made me go, yes. And Nicolas Cage was 22 in 2001. Uh, number one was Julia Roberts. And I thought about it because that would be a cool swerve. And maybe something that Vince Russo, or excuse me, Vance Russo would do. Um, But I was like, nah. And I was like, Bruce Willis, nah. That actually makes too much sense because he was an action superstar at the time. Uh, Robert De Niro, maybe. Eddie Murphy, maybe. Then I was like, George Clooney, nah. Brad Pitt, nah. Denzel, nah. Angelina Jolie, nah. Denzel would have been great. Uh, I got to Ben Stiller and I, I said, ooh. Ben Stiller. Mm. Ben Stiller's a maybe. Uh, Billy Crystal was also a maybe, which also <laughs> shocked me that Billy Crystal was number 10 in Hollywood grossing in 2001. Uh, that um, was analyze this or that. One of those two must have come out that year. Yeah. Um, it made that much got... money, though? Jesus. Yeah. Well, I don't know. De Niro and him were both in the top 10. And I think Analyze This was pretty high. Mm, okay. but, I mean, Billy Crystal was definitely a a big star at one point. I just didn't think it continued into the 2000s. But um, I thought I thought briefly about Jim Carrey. All righty uh, then. I thought that would be, but but in reality, all of these people were too big of legitimate stars, and that's what I saw at number 22. I was like, Nicolas Cage. That that's the star. That's the one right there. And then we yeah. would have gotten months of Nicolas Cage walking around. Uh, oh my gosh, like, you leave it on him for a while. Oh yeah, because here's the deal. Now he's got Stone Cold as the enforcer. Stone Cold helps him <laughs> oh win all the matches, gosh. right? He's got the power of the corporation behind him, and Stone Cold as the the enforcer as the muscle. Um, yeah. And he just holds on to that belt for a while as WWF champion. Um, comes out on the regular with the belt over his shoulder. Uh, carries it to movie premieres. You know? I wish we'd have paid for the rights to a movie right now. So we could just <laughs> pop up with him, you know. <laughs> what character in one Let's of his movie roles does Nicolas Cage play? Is he Con Air Nicolas Cage? Is he Lord of War Nicolas Cage? Is he uh, Face Off Nicolas Cage? He's Wicker Man. Nicolas Cage. He's Wicker Man. (laughs) Raising Arizona Nicolas Cage. Ooh, that would work. Hmm. When did the first (laughs) National Treasure come out? Oh, Jesus. Oh, my gosh. Oh. Oh. I just don't know. <laughs> I have this map of how to get the WWE title. Oh my god, that works. <laughs> 2004. Uh, Would have been too early. 2004. Yeah, that's why I'm 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 googling. I'm guessing it was Con Air that year. No, Con Air was way before. Was it? Yeah, Con Air was like 90s. Give me one second. I'm pulling up the Nicholas Cage filmography. 
Christmas Carol, Christmas Carol the movie, or Captain Corelli's Mandolin. Neither of those quite work. Uh, well, it also would have it also would have included be. anything that carried over from two thousand. Yeah, gone in sixty seconds. That's probably what it is. Let's go. <laughs> um, but unfortunately, he won't be gone in sixty seconds with the championship. <laughs> nope, nope. He would continue on here in sixty seconds. Yes. All right, guys. Screw it. He he's this is Vance Russo we're talking about. He's clearly going to be Ghost Rider. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the deal. I mean, it could continue all the way to 2007 with Fantasy. Oh, my God. <laughs> with, with which movie? <laughs> Ghost Rider. In 2007. Jeez. Longest reigning WWE champion of all time. That Nicholas Cage. Russo thing. Uh, yeah. uh, aren't you glad you did this challenge? I, I am because it's funny and they're... they're... Guys, if, if we're doing it in... If we're doing it in 2001, he has to be Joe Exotic because he's going to be Joe Exotic in an upcoming project. Yeah, I mean, it is a time machine. So. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's so many other... I like, you know, the National Treasure ones fit really well, but that, like again, that was 2000. I think the Gone in 60 Seconds character actually works, mm-hmm. which is interesting that it was that close. Yeah. Because he stole the title... Mm-hmm. Can I have him drive out on Eleanor. I don't think I've ever watched Gone in sixty seconds. I'm just like, eh, not my bag. It was the first really big movie with Angelina Jolie as a sex object. Yeah. Well, but, now I gotta watch it. Thank you. Well, the biggest thing is it was filmed before Angelina Angelina Jolie was known as a sex object. Yes. And so then it came out. So then she was like. On all of the movie advertisement, and her part in the movie is actually pretty small. And then she made out with Billy Bob Thornton. Yes, a lot in public. Oh, I remember yeah. that. I mean, in fairness, if you were Billy Bob Thornton and you landed Angelina Jolie, you'd fucking do it in public all the time you wanted just to. If I was Brad Pitt and I landed Angelina Jolie at that time. Uh, look at me. <laughs> Welcome everybody to Horn Dogs of Wrestling. Was she stuck in the dryer? <laughs> so that's how I would do it. That's Truth be told, if I was John Voight, no, no, no that's too far. <laughs> that's too far. That's too far. Uh, <laughs> but on that note, on that note, it is time to move on to Thank our you. game. <laughs> our game, All Elite Wrestling, Ring of Honor, or Impact. AEW, ROH, or Impact. The game is simple. I'm going to start off by giving the other two a uh, choice of three WWE current wrestlers that they need to relocate to one of those other three promotions. Um, and then they're going to do it to the other and so on and so forth you get the rules right there so uh (laughs) aew ring of honor or impact your choices for the first round are current underused women's stars in wwe um nikki cross Liv morgan and tony storm aew roh or impact 
Okay, go. Cross. Liv Morgan and Tony Storm. Go first. I got to get my uh, laptop charger. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to put um, Nikki Cross. Tony Storm to AEW. Um, I, I just think biggest long-term upside for obvious reasons. Nikki Cross. Golly. Nikki's a really good performer, but I think there's there's something to develop in her person. I don't want to pigeonhole her to impact because of characters. Because I, I we've we've now seen that she she doesn't have to be crazy Nikkei. Crazy Nikkei. Biting the ropes and stuff. Um so I think I go with Liv Morgan to impact. Um, and Nikki Cross to ROH, not not because it's necessarily the best move. Just I uh, I think that sometimes it's okay to change up who the who goes where, you know. And uh, since JLB wasn't listening, and I know that's where he's going to send Nikki. I think that that's why Sin live there. That's mm-hmm. that's a little bit of it, but yeah. So, yeah, that's what I do. Go ahead. Uh, okay, so I'm just not going to know what you said, and I'm just going to go. I'll tell you after you go. Okay. We're going to compare it. Knowing, knowing for this sure. It's a blind that, react. Knowing for sure that I didn't. It's already it. a blind react without this. Okay. Um, are you saying you don't pay attention? Uh, yeah. Yeah, you are. Okay. No, I was referring to my vision. But yeah. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Coke bottles on his face. I, I was trying to be nice. I made fun of him once on a botch along, and I felt like a total dick for at least three seconds. Three seconds. Yeah. Oh. Three whole seconds. Well, that's, oh. in fairness, that's the longest I've ever seen him feel like a total dick. Oh, okay. Yeah. Then um, I've, I've done something. I've touched his heart. Um, okay. So li- Liv Morgan, uh, Nikki Cross, and Tony Storm. So I feel like you bring Nikki Cross to AE Dubs. Tony Storm. Tony Storm would fit well in uh, Impact. Ah, but. Yeah. But Tony Storm, mm. no, Liv Morgan at AE Dubs. She has so much to offer. She's yeah, oh, but yeah, Liv Morgan at AE Dubs. Tony Storm to Impact. Nikki Cross, you're going back to the Indies, my dear. It, it wasn't different where I thought it would be different. Mm. Yeah. Or were you thinking? It almost was different where you thought it was going to be different, and then yeah. then, then he so got predictable I, there. I put I put Tony Storm in AEW because I think there's the most long term upside there. Um, I put Liv Morgan to Impact instead of. It, I oh. think it's odd that neither of us put uh, Nikki Cross, Crazy Nikki, with her Crazy Nikki character in Impact. I. Uh, dark psychotic character and i think the reason of that is is because we haven't seen her be really crazy crazy since the nxt days like to the point of 
good character crazy and she hasn't even played the crazy part in what maybe two years now yeah in the main roster I, and so I get that it's, that might be I also I think there's I think there's so much other that she can do I, I really like the idea of live in impact just for for a character reset possibility I think I thought they were on to something pre-Lana. Not the as soon as as soon as he was not the lesbian Lana, thing with the bathtub. Not, yeah, not that point. After that, that's where it ended. Um, but when they were, hey, you're rediscovering it's because it is who she is on online. She's rediscovering who she is. Right. Um, that's literally her Twitter character now. Um, is finding finding a love for herself instead of fitting a gimmick. And I think that'd be a great character for impact. Um, mm. I, I think any one of them could be on any one of those promotions and elevate the promotion. That's how good I think those underused performers are. That's I think that they, if, if they were used properly in WWE, they could elevate all three product lines, including NXT. All three That's always my, my MO when choosing people for this is I either choose try to choose three that I think uh, you guys think are super talented and make it hard that way or I'd like to choose three that I think you guys think are crap and make it hard that way <laughs> um, uh, ne never just kind of randos I, I always try to make it difficult for you there so. okay I also think Liv Morgan is way more creative than we know that she is I feel like, I don't know, I get this vibe with her that she has so many ideas, but none of them come to fruition because they shut them all down. I don't know if that's based off her Twitter, like how she is on Twitter kind of thing, but I feel like she has so much to offer the wrestling business and she's just not given the opportunity in WWE. Well, I mean, I think, I think you hit the nail right on their head there is uh, she's she's never given the opportunity to live her creativity there or um, to live it or to live it. Yeah. She, she doesn't <laughs> live it either. Um, and I think some of that is uh, we've mentioned this with Alexa bliss before, but she was not a professional wrestler before WWE. She was a competitive right. cheerleader and a model and, and worked at a Hooters for a while. Ooh. So, um, then she came to to uh, uh, tryouts at WWE and um, signed a contract and went straight to NXT. So, unlike a lot of these others, Nikki Cross and Tony Storm, to be precise, in this case, she doesn't have experience outside the WWE fold, right? Uh, where right. WWE is very regimented and every every choice has to go through approvals and you know all of this stuff and workshopping backstage and then if they decide to go through with it then you shoot a bunch of vignettes <laughs> uh, and and then it finally hits the air and then you even then you might not get to the air you might get your whole thing changed last minute because they decide you have to be a lesbian who's in love with lana um <laughs> Um, what is she doing now? Because now uh, she's on SmackDown. She's on SmackDown, but we don't fucking know because her tag team partner just got shit canned. No, but so. she was doing something already. I think she already showed up with her tag team partner. 
Yeah, she was in the middle of of runs at the tag <coughs> with her tag partner. Like they were legitimately with, Ru- with who? With Ruby? Ruby? Ruby, yeah. On SmackDown? Well, until Ruby got fired and then No, but she went to SmackDown on her own, no? No, Ruby was this there was... with her. Oh snap. Okay. Mm-hmm. Damn. Poor live. Or Liv Morgan. She apparently uh, showed up last week <laughs> on SmackDown and lost to Carmella. Oh, yes. That's what I was referring to. But that was legitimately, uh, that was two days after her tag partner was released because they don't know what to do with her. Um, because she literally challenged for the tag team titles at night one of WrestleMania 37 with Ruby Riot. Right. So... So, uh, you know, just a few months ago, she was tag-teaming, challenging for the title, and then they shit-can her tag partner, and then they're like, oh, and by the way, you're going to go lose to Carmella. And that match was so quick. I'm like, I I, I see uh, Liv Morgan come out, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to go check the hockey game. I see for two seconds, I come back, the match is over. I'm like, what happened? Mm -hmm. Um, And here's the there's not... I'm not saying there's anything wrong with losing to Carmella because I think Carmella is a very talented performer and right. and and all that stuff. It's just just make know, it a decent match. Don't make they it a just squash. Don't know what to do with Liv Morgan right now. Um, she's so she's really decent in the ring though. Like she's not. But, ugh. I mean, I, at least they didn't uh, you know have have her come back and uh, shoot a whole bunch of vignettes uh, over a gimmick. Uh, a gimmick change, and then she comes back and she uh, attacks someone who's trying to win the women's title, um, and she hits them with her finisher, um, and and saves the the women's title for whoever's currently, you know, and setting up a feud between her and the challenger, and then gets fired the week later. That's that's Alistair Black. Mm. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. Ouch. I I hope his wife didn't sign sign on. I hope there was never any official reports that she signed. I think a lot of people blew some things out of proportion because they said she wasn't official streaming anymore. Words. Well, the official words that that all of the insiders reported was. Uh, Zelina Vega was at the performance center and <laughs> quote, she wasn't just there for a visit. Um, and right. everyone took that to mean that she'd signed a contract, but in reality, she could have been there, uh, not for a visit because she was signing legal paperwork, um, rated on her trying to get her name, her trademark name, Zelina Vega access oh, to that okay. if she wanted to, or it could have been something else altogether. It could have been her there you know, not for visits to her husband, but to help him with something there. I mean, there's lots of things that could have been there that weren't visits, you know. What I so mean? are you thinking the dirt sheets wouldn't have known what it was? And they're just saying, oh, we know it just wasn't for a visit or. I, I'm saying the dirt sheets might not have known exactly what it was, but the okay. fact that they were told she wasn't just there for a visit means. That... She brought everybody finger sandwiches. Yeah, she, she brought donuts. I thought everyone would like some donuts. These are keto donuts. <laughs> Hot diggity damn. Keto donuts really doesn't sound like it makes 
I mean, it, it, is it like a uh, donut-shaped steak? It's just, it's, it's <laughs> cheese is what it is. It's just fried cheese. Fried cheese. <laughs> In a circle. In a Philly, circle. It's a Philly cheesesteak donut. It's, it's a circle of fried cheese that's covered with stevia. <laughs> <laughs> sounds horrible. It sounds absolutely yeah. hideous. I'm sorry I even uh, said that, that 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 is an unholy concoction that does not deserve to be uttered on this. No. Um, <laughs> so so who's up next? I'll go, I'll go. Okay. Makes it easier for me. I don't have to change the screen. <laughs> so I do what I can. I do what I can. <laughs> um okay, so we're gonna go with people who were fired recently. Um we're going to go with who were the people that were fired? Alistair. Okay, who was it? Alistair, Braun, Ruby. Right? But who were the other two is what I was forgetting. Uh, Buddy Murphy. And a um, forgotten son. Right. Uh, yeah, and well, uh, Garrett, uh, Santana yeah, Garrett Santana or Garrett or something? Um, That's right. So it wasn't a forgotten son. No, they were no. they were released a long time ago, and we forgot about it. Except for Jack, <laughs> Jackson Riker, can't forget him. Yeah, he's he came Elias. back on Monday and had yeah. a haircut, so he's yeah. totally different now and totally different. But and I don't like Elias's guitar, so I'll throw it out of the ring. Yeah, <clears throat> what are they doing? Particular guitar. Elias is next on the chopping block, guys. That's for sure happening. I don't mean to thing. I hope he doesn't and everything's good with him and he finds something before that happens. But next May or April or maybe they'll do start doing a November thing. I think Elias is... Uh, uh, then again, Crowds is coming back. So maybe not. Maybe not. We'll see what the Crowds do. Um, mine is going to be Still Fired Stars. I feel like I maybe have done something like this already, but we'll go with Buddy Murphy. Yeah, we'll go with Buddy Mophie. Buddy Mophie. Uh, Buddy Mophie. Uh, ooh. Okay. Just release stars, not necessarily recently fired. Buddy Murphy, uh, Daniel Bryan. And I'm talking like full contract whole shindig not oh we'll only go there for a few moments so buddy murphy daniel bryan and uh let's go with braun let's just put braun in there really you couldn't put alistair black in there so it's a lot harder for us yeah braun makes it super easy all right alistair black i just <laughs> feel like i mean i'm fine if you want to make it easy and put braun in there so no let's do alistair that does make it more interesting okay okay I mean, I don't, I don't need to make it harder on us, but it's like if you throw Braun in there, then well, because I feel like I may have done that. I, I get if you guys don't remember, because I feel like I might have done that concoction already. No, for, uh, no, not with Buddy and Buddy. Use Alistair Black a lot, but mm -hmm. not with Buddy and and uh, DB. Okay, all right, then uh, let's go. I'll go first because okay. we'll differ on this. I'm pretty sure. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put Alistair Black in AEW. I think the long-term upside is significantly higher. I think the Black Mass as a move is enough to take out is 
highly believable in its ability to take out anybody at any given time. Um, yes, I love the idea that Daniel Bryan can put on a great match, a barn burner of a match. Um, but I think that there's there's something to be said for the, the concept of a true finisher that is as close to, in terms of its uh, believability of devastation, probably more believable in terms of devastation than the one-legged angel. And uh, and it kind of has to be telegraphed because it's a roundhouse. So it's a, it's a long trip bringing that foot around. So um, that's why I'm going to put him there. Um, I'm going to put Buddy Murphy in Impact. Um, oh, I have a text message from JLB. No. You don't need to look at it. I'll you don't need to look at it. <laughs> Okay, I was just gonna go look at it, but no, no. We know you and your multitasking ways. No, 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 yeah, no. Yeah. Look at it afterwards. It's not important. What's it a picture of? <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> no, um, Buddy Murphy to Impact. Um, we've seen Buddy Murphy's ability to put on uh, great matches. Uh, yes, Roman is an above-average wrestler. Buddy mm-hmm. Murphy made him look like a like a barn burner. Um, that that very short lived two three week feud was one of the best feuds Roman had at the time when Roman was very very face. Um, now he's very very heel, and um, he's had some better ones since then. But uh, yeah, I, I have difficulty not thinking that Buddy Murphy could pull the same out of. Uh, Sammy Callahan, mm. Moose. Um, I, I mean, imagine Eddie King's. Is it Eddie Edwards? No, Eddie, Eddie Kingston. Edwards. Eddie Kingston's Edwards. Eddie Edwards. Okay. Yeah. Eddie Kingston, um, or um, Chris Bay against against Buddy Murphy. I, I, I think I think Murphy's skills on the mic are above average. I don't think they're Chris Bay level. But I do think they're above average, um, and I think he 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 can carry a match in the ring. And so um, I'd love to see him in AEW. I just think that Alistair Black brings a different component that they don't really have to the table. Ooh, a picture of my face put. No, and then uh, um, Daniel Bryan got his basis from ROH and it's a really good opportunity for him to give back to ROH mm. what he definitely got from ROH um, and so as much as it sounds like that's a downgrade it's not it's bringing ROH to a level I, I he's one of the few people who could make ROH have a um, a more prime time contract time or the television contract um, which I think would be beneficial for them if they could get to. And I'm not saying that they, they need to get to the 8 o'clock s- slot, but golly, it should be nice to see them at the 10 o'clock slot. That's two hours earlier than they are. Or or 10 o'clock on – or 8 o'clock on Sunday. I That's a significant upgrade from Saturday night at midnight. It just is. Um, so – and most of the – And on what channel? What channel is Sin- Local Sinclair Network B. Okay. Yeah. That's the thing with, with – because it's owned by Sinclair, and Sinclair Media owns uh, a ton of local news channels. 
uh, that's what makes uh, Ring of Honor a little bit harder to. That I'd love to see a book for for Sunday night though. I I think um, unfortunately because there's a pay per view every week, they they won't. <laughs> but I think if they could book for Sunday night, that'd be great for them. Great for them. I also think they could pick up Saturday mornings and replace the lack of Saturday morning cartoons. Hey, I'm all down for that. So, um, I, I just think I think you need to book ROH a little bit, uh, at least in terms of your television contracts, a little bit like the B shows of professional wrestling. Have a Saturday morning show or Saturday evening. Um, you know, the only the only thing that's really ever survived in the death slots is professional wrestling. So go ahead and put it in the in the death slots and let it survive. Mm. I think I think ROH could pull that off. So, um, but and I think Daniel Bryan is enough of a catalyst to make that work for ROH. Okay, that's the most positive thing I've said about Daniel Bryan in ages. <laughs> so. Here's the thing. I'm, I'm going to be different than you, but probably not in the ways you think I'm going to be different. Um, uh, because I am going to agree with you with Debray. Debray to Ring of Honor. As much as I think I, in this particular group and the way that we booked the, do this game here, um, while, yes, I think Debray showing up on AEW is the most, the closest to a current Hulk Hogan showing up on Nitro sort of moment. I've said that before sort of a thing. It's so not true. What, it's not what I would do right now, right? Um, Debray to, to, to Ring of Honor where he can uh, come in. He'd be instantly the biggest name in Ring of Honor. He'd be able to wrestle whoever he wanted to in Ring of Honor. And he would bring credibility to Ring of Honor that would pot potentially bring other wrestlers there and raise that product just in general. Um, the places that we differ is I do Buddy Murphy on A-dubs. Um, I understand that move. I, I do. And and it's not that I disagree with your reasonings for, for Aleister Black. Just overall, I, I think Buddy Murphy had the nickname WWE's Best Kept Secret for a reason. I think he's got such a huge potential upside... He moves like a cruiserweight, but he's got the ability to be sized like uh, a light heavyweight. You know what I mean? So he can really fill that that whole area. He could wrestle heavyweight matches. He could wrestle cruiserweight-style matches. He can wrestle all of those. Um, which then puts Aleister Black in impact, which, unfortunately, the, the only downside with that is they would probably lean really heavily on the dark gimmick sort of thing, and they'd probably put him with uh, Father James Mitchell for some stupid fucking reason. Um, hey, uh, Impact Wrestling, if you sign Aleister Black, do not, I repeat, do not put him with Father James Mitchell. Please, don't just do that. Don't. Let him just come in and just destroy people. Because here's the deal. He the cuts thing his with, own promos, man. Yeah. The, the, what you were mentioning is, uh, we'll call it the RKO out of nowhere-ness of that black mass. The yeah. whole point of that black mass is he can basically hit it at any point, and if he does connect with it, you're out, right? 
Um, and so, and and I get it. That's why that's why Chris Jericho developed the Judas elbow, and they p- hyped it all up because he wanted a move that he could hit out of nowhere and win matches with this one devastating move. And it makes a whole lot of sense for things. Um, but and that that's the good thing with Aleister Black's Black Mass. But I just think, uh, in the grand scheme of things, Buddy Murphy and Aleister Black, I think Buddy Murphy has more upside right now. Now, outside of this game, if I'm AEW, you better believe I'm trying to sign all three of those guys. Yeah. Right. For sure. Um, yeah. Period. Outside of this game. But this game's rules are we have to put them in three separate places. And so that's the way I would do those. Now... Again, uh, a month ago when D. Bry was the only one of these that was a free agent, I and I was and still am. I surprised that AEW hasn't had him show up. Even just sign him to a short-term contract. Say we want you to come in. We want you to wrestle the names that you you want to be in the ring with, right? Um, but we're going to leave you open to wrestle in any other promotion, and we're just going to sign you to like five appearances, like they did with Matt Cardona. Right. Five appearances, show up, wrestle whoever you want, and then you can go do whatever you want. But we, we want that pop from you showing up. Uh, Alistair Black and, and Buddy Murphy have huge future upsides that Daniel Bryan, as, as great as he is, he's, he's on the last legs of his career. And I don't mean that from a negative standpoint. We know his, his, his issues with neck injury. Uh, the reports have it that he's considering retirement as, as a whole because of, of his neck injuries again. So so give him his chance to, to run through people. But Aleister Black and Buddy Murphy have the bigger long-term upsides. And me, I'm a huge Buddy Murphy fan. I think given the spotlight, that guy could be the top star on <coughs> almost any roster. And that the fact that WWE didn't give him the spotlight is a is a mistake on on their part so uh but that's how that's how i would have done that little different than da fames but not as different because i i think he was thinking i would probably put d brian AEW. no no i didn't no. think that no. i didn't see you going to roh with him but i didn't know where you'd go with anything i actually if i had to say that one in particular was going to happen i if if there was going to be a similarity, I thought you would have put uh, Buddy Murphy in Impact just to avoid having Aleister Black in Impact. Because <laughs> <laughs> Daniel Bryan problem. does not fit in Impact, no, at all, no. He not fits in one of the other two. So okay, so that leaves the final challenges with a Russo challenge. No, 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 I'm just playing. I'm just playing with you. It was a joke. I'm not going to do a Russo challenge. I am going to do a time machine, though. Um, and I'm going to take three wrestlers that are have wrestled against each other that are rated in the top four title holder time frequency, uh, frequency of number of title reigns. That's what it is. So it's going to be John Cena. Triple H and Randy Orton, all in their prime. Okay, 
They have wrestled against each other. Not all of them have been in their prime. Randy Orton and Cena have definitely wrestled in their prime against each other. But I think Triple H was on his way out. Okay. You want me to go first? I'll, I'll go first. Okay. So all in their prime? All in their prime. Okay. So this is Triple H right after the game promo slash DX. Maybe and this the is evolution. This is Cena what? Before Thugonomics? No, this is Cena way after during. Thugonomics. Oh, okay. okay. This is Cena during CM Punk. Oh, okay. Um. <clears throat> hmm. Well, I don't see you putting Triple H anywhere but AEW, to be honest with you. Um, maybe Cena, actually. But then I don't see Trip and Impact at all. So, yeah, we're going with Trips to AEW. I just think then I'll get a Triple H versus Cody Rose. Oh. <laughs> or Cody Rhodes. Damn it! Imagine the big vignettes. Imagine <laughs> them. There would be some great vignettes. Yeah, maybe he can bring Ooh. Live Morgan with him to be to be interviewer. Yeah, we're going live in three, <laughs> two, one. Um, yeah, so Triple H to AE Dubs. Um, Cena Orton. Cena Orton. Cena Orton. I think you put Cena in Impact. I truly do. I think he would uh, fare better off with uh, um, the people like uh, Moose. Well, Randy Orton would fare off in... Yeah, I, I guess I would go... Cena's a strong-ass dude, so he can kind of... He could also flip fit with the flip-de-doo guys. He can... Oh, I, I guess Randy like, can too. I always like JLB's uh, answers on these because he talks himself out of his answers all the time. <laughs> he gives an answer and then he spends five minutes talking himself out of it all right fine you know what <laughs> screw you screw you officer smarks i got my answers um so yeah triple h to ae dubs uh you got john cena going to impact he's good at, he's he can he's versatile in that regard and randy orton i guess just goes to roh because um yeah, the other two just don't just don't see them doing anything there. So Randy Orton at least has a shot with uh, doing some good things there. Okay. I feel like you were about to say the other two don't suck enough to go to ROH. <laughs> no, I really wasn't actually. No. Okay. no. <laughs> don't you never see such a thing. They don't suck enough. Um <laughs> <laughs> So that's what I said to my last ex, but you know, that's a different story. Different story. Wow. No, too soon. Too soon. Was she stuck in the dryer. That's what I thought. <laughs> Holy cow. Help me, stepbrother. What are you doing? <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, so horrible. <laughs> uh, so, um,. So Your wife is going to have all kinds of questions for you, by the way. <laughs> yeah. All kinds. I'll just show her all the TikToks. <laughs> and just so you know, if for those of you who don't understand TikTok or all of that stuff, TikTok has a no nudity com uh, community guidelines thing. So these are all parody TikToks where they 
use that audio and they they make fun of it so um <laughs> to answer that question in advance uh so <laughs> i would I he's would already not... preparing for his argument with his wife he's like i got this Wait, so <laughs> those stories are from something with nudity yeah. So so here's here's the secret for you, JLB. Ninety mm-hmm. percent of married life is preparing for discussions with I've your heard. significant other. I've I've heard um, that's that's what it is. Oh, dig in your grave, what buddy. What you gonna just, say about this? Dig in now your I gotta grave. Prepare. Now I gotta prepare. I gotta <laughs> gotta figure this out. She's gonna. And when your best friend this. is me. Oh yeah. You, sometimes yeah. you don't get the opportunity to prepare. No. No, there are times when I'd be on speakerphone with DA Fabe and he'd say something and I'd look over at my wife and she'd be like, what? And I'm like, um, um, think on my feet. How do I, how do I play this? It's Fabe. It's Fabe. It's Fabe. He said it. I didn't say it. Um, so, so for me, I don't put trips in, in AE dubs. Um, the tough thing with these three is is really almost none of them truly fit in AEW because no. AEW mm-hmm. is such a work rate program. The closest to work rate is Randy, and Randy Orton is the closest to work rate. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, Trips in his prime was a good work rate wrestler. No, we're talking was, in his prime. Here. He was above average work rate. Okay. but 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 no, Randy I mean, for sure. Yeah, because Randy for sure is the top. Trips never put on a 60-minute Iron Man match, you know, that ends in a near uh, near tie. You know what I mean? Uh, mm. that's, a, that's a Kenny Omega sort of thing. That's, and, and going back, that's a Shawn Michaels or a Bret Hart sort of thing. And mm. of the DX people, Triple H was never the work rate person right. of them. That was, that was the Triple H one. Or that was the HBK one, right? Mm. So... Of these, Randy Orton fits the work rate most, but he's still not like a huge work rate sort of guy. Um, yeah, but I he mean, also Cena could do a sixty-minute Iron Man match. Yeah, Cena could he just would have hours of rest holds and big pop moves. Yes, it would be the same five moves, and then um, headlock in the middle, and <laughs> then and then Irish whip into those same five moves. And then another headlock in the middle. It's funny, though, because he's done moves like the Canadian Destroyer like every so often. He does this little random weird moves. And I'm like, why don't you just have this as a regular move that you do? I would appreciate you more. Yeah, we've had that conversation with another uh, wrestler at one point. His name was Hulk Hogan. Um, (laughs) He never had new moves, though. That's the difference. No, he did. I'm, I'm telling you. Find yourself tapes of his Japan matches when he wrestled for All Japan mm. pre-WWF, right? Uh, Hogan, I'm not saying he was a top-level work rate guy. I'm not saying he is, right? But he actually could go. And then he came to America, and he learned that in America, at least, he didn't have to do all that stuff. All he had to do was uh, the big boot, the stinky leg drop, the Hulk up. And that's all he really ever had to do. And this thing. Yeah. <laughs> this before the match. Uh, the point. Which I think falls under the Hulk up, doesn't it? It's part of the Hulk up, but he, he could even do it at other times too. 
But if you if you watch his his Japan stuff, you'll see that he could go. He, you know, again, he wasn't king of the work rate. He wasn't Kazuchika Okada or anything like that. But he could go. But when he came to America, uh, specifically when he came to WWF, he realized that he didn't have to anymore. Well, that's could, Vince's problem then. Well, it's a Vince problem, but it's it's to be perfectly honest, it's an American it's a fan's problem. problem. It's yeah, a fa- it's, it's a fan it's an problem. He's fan problem. Mm. Yep. We we didn't require him to work as fans. We as fans as a whole bought into the Hulk Hulkamania Hulk Hogan thing. Um, Would you and- say his match against Genshiro Tenru? But it was WWF and SWS Super Wrestle in 91. I'm going to check. I'm looking at that match. 91's too late. Already too late? Okay. Yeah. He's talking 1984, 85. Oh, yeah. He's already Hulk. Hogan with hair. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay. Here. If you go to Cage Match and uh, you go to find search for Hulk Hogan, go to Match Guide. You'll see, you know, all of these that are WCW and WWF, but then you'll see a few of them that aren't saying any of that. Especially going back, you'll see see ones that are rated that are not. Uh, 1994 Hulk Hogan versus Tatsumi Fujinami. Um, Great Muda versus Hulk Hogan in 93 would be probably okay. Um... I'm I'm going even back farther though, cause cause these are um, t- t- Antonio Noki versus Hulk Hogan, '83. Nice. Uh, That's gonna be a Hogan loss. '85 Hogan doesn't work Tetsu- for Antonio, brother. Um, <laughs> and again, I'm not saying any of these are are like fucking. No, but I mean, I'm just still interested. But like. Uh, 85 Hulk Hogan versus Tatsumi Fujinami uh, was rated by, uh, I think it's three and a half stars, right? I'm currently watching him against Stan Hansen. Um, 1980. Uh, fun thing, do you know he wrestled Andre the Giant in uh, Japan before? WWF? Yep, in New Japan Pro. Mm-hmm. Uh, in 1983. I want to say this. I got to get back to uh, 1983. I uh, remember hearing that somewhere, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, Orton to uh, AEW. Uh, Hulk Hogan versus Nick <laughs> Bockwinkle would be a good one too, and that's not actually Japan. I don't think that's Amer- that's AWA. So yeah, you that's not find that one. Minnesota. Um, nice. but so so yeah, uh, Orton to AEW. Uh, that's the closest thing to work rate. Um, Cena to Impact. Um, because yeah, he he's not the biggest work rate, but he his promo skills are are up there. Um, and he just has the charisma. I think it would fit in an Impact, which then of course leaves Triple H to go to Ring of Honor. Prior oh, are and- you ready to go to yeah. ROH? Yeah, pri- you know, like I said before, with uh, um, certain people like like Daniel Bryan going to Ring of Honor, if Ring of Honor had gotten an in its prime Triple H, that 
really could have changed the game. Pun, pun <laughs> intended. Uh, I well, never well don't done, intend pun. my puns. I'm just telling you guys that now. Puns always <laughs> intended. Even um, when they're not, he wants you to think they're intended. They're 100% intended, always. I never don't intend them. Um, but yeah, I think that's the best usage of those three um, time machine. Now, the, the fun thing with time machine is if you gave me two of those three, like Triple H, John Cena, and then someone else, the answers might be entirely different. Yeah. Um, they went this way because Orton was the closest thing to the AEW product at the, at the time. But if mm. you said um, The Rock, uh, John Cena, Triple H, I might be like, oh, geez, as great as The Rock was, Rock was the great one. He also wasn't a work rate sort of guy. No. I mean, really, in the grand scheme of things, The Rock had more in common with John Cena than people... That's a conversation... 90s and 2000s wrestling fans don't want to have, really, um, is that The Rock really was the John Cena of late 90s, early 2000s wrestling. Oh, absolutely. Well, yeah, but more charisma. A bit more. I don't think it's that more. I honestly don't think it's uh, that much more, to be perfectly honest. His promos were way better than anything John Cena has done. And The Rock also had some bad promos. Yeah. We, we just, here's the deal. This is a rose-colored glasses thing. We look back at The Rock's promos and we think to ourselves, think, oh, they were so great. But he had some absolute stinkers, number one. And number two, here's, here's why I say this. Keep in mind, their, their um, trajectories are remarkably similar. They both came on um, to be these fresh-faced baby faces. The people's champion and whatever. And, yeah. and, and the people hated them. And then they came up with these characters that were heelish um, and cocky and and all this stuff. And the people fell in love with them. And then they became the much-loved babyface character in the end that people just love, Right. Um, but in the end, you know, I, I really think they have more in common than they have differences. Now, yes, The Rock has well, gone I... on to be a bigger star. But here's the deal. In 10 years' time, I wouldn't be surprised if we're not talking about John Cena as one of the biggest Hollywood stars to come out of pro wrestling, right? I mean, he's already in that conversation. But as The Rock starts to, to fade out of the public, I can see John Cena fading into the public more and more so but anyway we'll we'll see how he does in fast nine yeah <laughs> it's it's actually getting some pretty decent reviews in pre-screenings i mean they say it's fucking bonkers right, right. but that's the way all the the, the fast, fast movies are movies so. are right now so they're all fucking bonkers I mean, I think everyone's just generally excited to go watch a crazy movie in theater, too, right? Like, when's the last time a crazy action-packed movie like that had went out in theater during the pandemic? So it could be a mixture of both, but, you know, I don't know. Like, this is the first biggest movie, technically, to come the out in theaters. The first biggest movie. 
since the pandemic. The second biggest movie. Yes. Okay, end this up. End this. Let's go. <laughs> okay. We will go ahead and wrap things up. Now that we finished AEW, Impact, or Ring of Honor, we'll go ahead and wrap things up on the Fantasy Booking Institute. Make sure to uh, like, share, and subscribe. Um, if you're watching this on YouTube, if you're watching the live stream, or you're watching it down the road, hit that thumbs up button uh, if you like it. If you don't like it, give us a thumbs down. Let us know. I don't care. I don't care about the algorithm. Let us know what you think. Um, leave a comment on the video either way. Um, I care. Don't do that. Yeah. Nah. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything If you at like all. it, if you don't like it, move on. I'm, I'm telling you, the secret is thumbs down still help the algorithm. I've looked into it. Oh. They don't need to know that, though. Really? Thumbs because up if you like it. Give it a thumbs down if you don't. It's all interaction. I gave, the Baszler, interaction. I gave the Baszler segment a thumbs down because I'm like, well, hell, I gave it a view. I might as well give it a thumbs down now. Yeah, that's fine. Damn it. You've, you've expressed your opinion, but it's all interaction, and that helps the algorithm that way one more. The algorithm just looks into are people reacting to it, not whether they like it or don't like it. So like what you like, don't like what you don't like, let us know. Let us know in the comments below. If you're listening to this on podcast, uh, make sure to like, share, follow us on whatever podcast platform you use. Um, follow us on social media. You can follow me at Raw and Order WBU. It is right there. You can also follow, uh, that's on any social media, but you can follow the other people. You can follow DA Fabe at. Ah, oh, you moved me. <laughs> Da Vincent K Fabe. Yes, he's just oh, on Twitter. Was... He doesn't do the other stuff. I and... do. I just don't do it for podcast. Yeah, and you can follow JLB at JLB four twenty four twenty. Real Talk Radio is the brand at Real Talk Radio eight. I am everywhere. So Instagram, it's Real Talk Radio online. Uh, Justin JLB is the personal. Don't really post on Insta anymore. Uh-huh. And uh, Twitter is personal. Is at JLB420 at Real Talk Radio 8, as I mentioned. Uh, Anchor.fm slash RTR is the um, is the, where you can find all the streams, all the, the Spotify's, Apple's, the Stitchers, and whatnot. You can certainly find it there. And, um, yeah, I'm finally uploading all my wrestling reviews. So... You know, I got into the mood to do that. So you'll now actually see I'm actually late on the dark side with the other ones. I didn't do the warrior one. <laughs> and we got it. But we are doing the Jake Roberts one tomorrow because that was a crazy heartfelt uh, episode there. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Back to you, good sir. Awesome. You can find all of the links to what we talk about in the doobly-doos right down below on this or in the show notes on whatever platform you listen to this on. The links there are going to be for all of our social media, also for our Patreon and our merch store. So if you want to support us um, in any other way, of course, the liking and the sharing and the subscribing are the easiest ways to support us. But Patreon and the merch store are other ways to support us as well. Um, help us out in any way 
you can. Um, but that's all going to be in the doobly-doos below. Um, you can also review us on whatever platform you use. Give us five stars. Just like the number of stars, you will give your vacation to beautiful Turks and Caicos. You Turks know, and Caicos? Yeah, wh whenever we get back to actually having vacations and shit like that, you mm. know. I don't even know if Turks and Caicos has opened up yet. I mean, it was probably always open to people with enough money for it. But for us plebes, it's got to get open sometime soon. So, um, Or, you know, if independentwrestling.tv wants to sponsor us, we'll take that sponsorship too. We will. My, they had a great... Uh, oh, that wasn't even on independent wrestling. That was on fight. Never mind. Sponsor us, independent wrestling TV. <laughs> Uh, but you can find all that stuff in the show notes uh, in the doobly-doos below us. But on that note, we are going to go ahead and close the book on the Fantasy Booking Institute. Thank you all for listening. We will see you soon. Ah, Turks and Caicos, where the plebes love to live. <laughs>